All right. Hey, it's me. Hey, Jake. It's me. No, I'm Jake. Hey, everybody. It's episode 201 of the podcast, and it's me, Jake. So here you, here you are, and I've got a guest, and, and we're in the room. Chris Martin. Thank you. Here. Thanks for having me, mate. This is 201. I missed 200. By what? Who was, who was 200? Bit. 200 was uh, Zoe Coombs-Marr. Oh, she's you know yeah, yeah, she's great. Her show was just on in LA. My friends, by chance, went to watch it and loved it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she reached out because I loved that show when I saw it last year in Mel- Melbourne, and so yeah. she stopped by here, and I sent my wife to, and a bunch of other friends to go see it because I was out of town. But it was in UCB, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was at UCB here, and then I think it's uh, it's she's got one in uh, New York, I think tonight as we're talking but not tonight yeah because that's not the way that this medium works no it can't everybody's got to wait to be put on the internet yeah that's what we're doing do you do it too you kind of we we with our one we we have got a backlog that we're staggering so i felt about we had a guest on yesterday and he's got a special coming out this friday i was like we're not going to release this for like two and a half weeks i mean we could release it but we've got a nice you know you've got a day of the week we like to do it yeah, no, I get it. But get there's, it. you a, can catch up on all these things now. They can watch the guy's special on repeat. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. It's if it's a live show, then you miss it. You miss it unless anyway. So let's <laughs> stop. It's, We're getting ahead of our. There's going to be a lot of tangents in this. I can I tell know. after well, doing ours, there will be. It's going to be a lot of tangents because there's not really a specific format. But what we should do at the beginning is you. So okay. Yeah, do me. Let's talk about you. I could have prepared a great introduction, no. but I fell down on the job. I did your podcast that yeah. you do with Carl Donnelly, yeah. another one of my uh, friends that I met in Melbourne. But you are separate from him. You're not him. I'm not him, but I'm very closely aligned with him. We've been uh, podcasting together for many years. We're good. We're like best friends. And co- do you have a best friend in comedy? Yeah. You know, I. I do did I do did I this guy started out with at the same time a long time ago we're best friends for the longest time and then uh, we both got married the same year which is 14 years ago roughly and uh, then had kids and now he's moved out of LA so my I'm sad that my best friend in comedy is it's hard isn't it because you it's hard as a grown man to even out here like I feel like we're getting a nice little friendship it's hard to it's hard to make a friend as a grown-up like a new friend yeah, if, yeah. if it's not a new, like if you're used to, if you're new to comedy, you can make a new friend. But it's a bit difficult to like, ten years in, be like, hi. <laughs> well, that was one of the fun things about doing the festival is because then you meet people and then you kind of cross paths with them later, and you've got a chance. It's more natural that uh, that Zoe would say when she was coming here, "Oh, hey, I'm coming to town, so we could hang out." Yes, it's like yes, of course. But that moment when you meet someone that you kind of think it'd be fun to hang out with in a comedy club around town where you live than to take it to the next level i know what how do you do? go steady with that person what do you do well i, I the, the festival is a great thing because you're in this brilliant make-believe world for a month where there's no real responsibility you're doing your show you have to do your show once a day for an hour and that becomes the like focal yeah, yeah. Point. and you hang out afterwards and everyone's it's like when you're on it's sort of like a working holiday and when you're abroad if you, you don't quite know how the the lay of the land and how it all works it's a great it's the best time to meet someone it was a good one well and carl was having a year where that was the first time i had done the a month-long festival like that so i was staying in a hotel that was kind of like a dorm for comedians in a way there were a bunch of other comics doing the festival oh, the, the adina 
Yeah, that's nice, that one. It was nice. It was really nice. But Carl was staying out in the neighborhood at an Airbnb, so he was having the, like, I live here for a month experience. Oh, right. So I would only see him at night, post-show, hangout time. And then we were meant to, I think we were going to try and do something during the day, but then that never transpired. He's a big fan of um, walking around shops. He's a big shopper. But, like, he makes, sh I don't like shopping. He loves shopping. Mm -hmm. But he makes it kind of less... I don't want to be stereo... I, I, do you ever find in your relationship with your wife that, as in I'm newly married about a year and a half, I hate it when I find myself falling into the tropes of, like, she loves shopping and I hate shopping. And so I hate being the guy shopping with her, looking at his phone. Hey, I wish, like, I could be more subversive and interesting, but sometimes I'm like, I just hate I just hate it. Do you mean just go along and, and kind of... Just going along and... hate it? Yeah, but she knows I had, when we first started going out the first three months, we'd be like, free time and we'd go. And then I eventually had to just drop the facade. I was like, I can't, she couldn't understand that I didn't like shopping. Like it was, it was absolutely alien to her. But I don't mind it with Carl because he can do it in kind of a stealthy. Yeah, it's more like, I uh, just, probably uh, is a cool shop, but she's like proper, touches every item, asks my opinion on everything. I have this yeah. weird thing, this is going to sound very odd and might mean nothing to you, but, um, in the shop she goes into, there is a necklace where... Is everything... There's a necklace. I'm just turning it down a bit. I'm a loud guy. I'm allowed. I'm aware of that. Yeah. There's a necklace um, made of metal chains. They have the kind of little thin chains. And if you just gently put that on your hand, little thin chains... Does it collapse into a tower or do you make it into a... No, you just sort of it, bring it down and just sort of gently sits like it just it just sort of falls into itself and it's one of the most therapeutic things you can do in a shop <laughs> and so is that an experience that you can have at a lot of metal chain shops or is it just <laughs> this one specific yeah, chain, chain metal no at, at, at most uh high street shops they have a jewelry section right and in the jewelry section you can normally find a kind of it's very thin chain mail and it's kind of long and when you put it down it just gently sits and it's just got a nice feel yeah. I go straight to that section now. Sounds nice. I wish we had more time after this to go down. <laughs> There's a jewelry place right down the street here. <laughs> yeah. On Main Street. We call it Main Street, but you call it the High Street. The High Street, yeah. I'm just explaining it to the people. Yeah, for, come on. Yeah, the they need help a little bit. Of course. The High Street. We just got medical pot here, so we don't... We, you well, we didn't just confusing. get... We got recreational. We had medical, but they don't... Yeah, it's quite... Have you got a card? No, I didn't get certified because I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, paranoid I didn't want to be on the list. You know, that's what, that's the first, because it's... Well, also, paranoid from what? You would be more paranoid having the weed. The pot makes you paranoid, but then I'm already paranoid to, I'm predisposed to it. Oh, right? you're paranoid of being, like, on a register? I'm on the, uh, yeah, because... your information? Because it's uh, legals by the states, but it's still federally illegal. So, in that sense, if the federal government decided, look, we're going to, we're going to, drug bus people the first thing they're going to do is get get the list of people who've got pot from the state really and then that's where we'll go that's a really good point or they could suddenly could they make it illegal again here yeah well i suppose they so can they do whatever do they want and they've right? literally got the first houses to hit just on a, on a list they know where to go yeah not that i i don't realistically think that's going to happen but i but i'm not as big of an advocate of pot i'm not the kind of guy who's like oh i i need to get on that list i'm the kind of guy who like oh once in a while yeah, that feels like... I mean, over here, it, it does make me laugh how... I don't know if I explained this to you before. In the UK, weed is something... We call it... Do we call it? Uh, spliffs. So that's, we we roll it with tobacco. 
and you have it typically between the age of 14 and 16, then you grow out of it. Then you don't smoke pot anymore. Well, there are the odd person, but like, no one I really know. Everyone sort of did it for a bit, and then you start drinking booze more, and then people start, not people like me, because I'm a bit more clean cut than that, um, but people start taking ecstasy and cocaine, and weed is seen as, but also it's definitely not as strong as over here. So over here, it's like a higher quality. So I think it's more of a, in the UK, I don't know how much it costs. I've never bought drugs off a drug dealer. So Yeah, me neither. Well, not for a long time. Yeah. I was in yeah college, so that's a long time ago. Yeah, me. and that's probably not a real dealer in college. Is it like a guy in a dorm who's got like, it's not like well, a guy it's in an alleyway. A, you know what I mean? Like, not yeah, yeah. Guys. Well, right. I've never gone to score from a stranger. You're Sat always a buying car. it. How terrifying is that? People have to do that. They have yeah. to go ring a guy, sit in his car, and, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't get, I know they've, I don't know. They know you can't dob them in because you have to admit that you've been buying drugs. I, and I also think it's a little bit of a danger thing. Like if you, you're not going to call the police on on a on the guy who's selling you pot. Absolutely not. Unless you're being here, if you, then you'd be testifying for your own immunity. But even then, you don't want to get mixed up in that. Absolutely. Well, I don't want to live like I'm going to live vicariously through Carl, who's very much the bad boy of our relationship. But he told me a story a few couple months ago where he was on a stag do where he got off the rails and. Uh, he went to buy some sort of narcotic in an alleyway. Got off the rails. Off the rails? Is that another... Yeah, translate no, that no, one? no, I get it, but but it's, I mean, that's more than off the rails oh, right, fine, to yeah. go buy nar- narcotic. That just seems like, wow, he's really... <laughs> he's not even He's not even near the train track I guess anymore. it's a thing that maybe, well, narcotic, that could be, uh, that could be, what could that be? I've made that sound, I mean, it doesn't matter. He, he's, he's admitted this himself, so he, it was cocaine. He's admitted saying this All right, himself. well, so, so that's, he said it that's very different. When you say narcotic, I think heroin, which is, I is suppose now... Well, that's what I, yeah, okay, I go yeah, right to heroin. Oh, See, Jesus. here, cocaine is one of those things, like, you smoke your pot, you have your alcohol, and then some people just go to that next level with cocaine. It's not a, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, I think mistakes, gonna be it's a mistake, well. it's is not it a good idea. You should be selling your Coke card where you can just yeah. go and buy it. But he said he went to an alleyway to buy it off some guy in Russia, no, it was in, like, uh, Estonia, somewhere like that, and there was a really big, bald guy. And he went, do you want to t- t- uh, sample it? And then the guy got a machete out, put a bit on the end of his machete and let him have it off the machete. And I was like, well, that is that is a real power play there. There's no way you're not buying that drug after that guy is... He didn't, like, threaten him, but he was like, have some of my drugs and I also have a machete. <laughs> well, and also, and also, if you were thinking about trying to rob me or turn me into the police... Yeah. I, this um, is just, I have a machete. What else do I have? I know, it'd be great in so many other aspects of life just to... Just, I'm not going to threaten you, but just be aware that I have a machete on my person. You know, on stage, that'd be nice. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I don't know. Do if you think? If, I, if, you're, if you're a gig of drunk people, just just slightly show them the inside of your jacket. You've got a machete in there. That's interesting because I do feel like here sometimes you can think of the, the crowd, if they're drunk, as, as hostile a little bit. But I, I didn't sense that as much when I was in the UK. As It, it seemed like if there were... If they were screwing with you, it was more kind of good-natured as opposed to mean. Yeah, that's the British vibe. It's taking the piss is the kind of... So it's like a hazing thing. Like, uh, make me laugh. All right, yeah, you're, you've done all right. There's heckling because they, like, prove, prove that you can deal with this. And if you can... Sometimes I'm like, can we just, can we just you know... Like, Skip American, over it, yeah. Can we just do the show? Like, uh, But they do like to do that. But, yeah, I'm with you. There's no... I, we are, like, professionally good at drinking in the UK. So I think over here... People are kind of more together, but when they do go off the rails, they go probably mm. booze and heroin off the rails. <laughs> Whereas we're just, 
just gently drunk all the time. Oh man! Well, I did the. I was at the Soho Theater a couple summers ago, and we were staying right down around there. And I could not believe how drunk everyone was getting. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, because here you go into a bar, and there might be oh, you avoid those two people. But there, if it, if you're out at eleven o'clock, past eleven, you, you can Everyone in the bar is just yelling, spitting, telling stories, getting ready to sing or take their shirt off. I mean, it's just like you can't be out for a civilized glass of wine at 11.30 at night. Yeah, you're right. In, the, in, in central London, when I finished a late gig and I'm sober, getting like the tube or the bus home, I just like, you know, you just like, I don't mind, but when you're all just so not on their wavelength, just everyone is. It's like they're, yeah, it's like you're, you're operating from another dimension. They're in the drunk zoo animal dimension and you're just a person who's in the universe with them. Do you, the only thing I do like actually is, is the only time Londoners will speak to each other on the tube is like after 11 p.m. when they're drunk and they go, uh, what's going on with you, mate? And they go, that's a nice bag. And then. You can have little nice. You can have people that are incredibly irritating, but you can also have nice friendly moments. One, yeah. What about the thing that that came? I think it goes down into the sidewalk at night, but then it or in the daytime, and then it comes up on Friday, Saturday nights. That's like a urinal on four sides. Oh that, yeah. That people like guy. It's it looks like a cone, and it's in the middle of the sidewalk, and a guy can go up and just kind of stick his face in yeah. it. So. No one else can see your face, but they can totally see the back of your body, and you're just taking a piss. Yeah, that is one thing I've never done. That, that, that is a level of drunk confidence. I've yet to, we are just having a piss, and because you know, if you if you have to ever do it in public, you normally choose like an alleyway and you know by right. a dump, dumpster, as you guys would say. But yeah, to just confidently walk into the middle of, I know they've. I mean, it, it shows how little faith that the British police and public have on the rest of the public. Not just weeing everywhere so they're like we just need to put some toilets in the middle of well the that's what I, I was trying to say on stage and to people in conversation like this is crazy like that there's a <laughs> toilet in the street just go into the shop and i mean go into the back of the bar and and use their bathroom and they said no the re they have to have those in the street otherwise people would just pee everywhere yeah. so the idea that that it seems like there's no privacy there; those people would just be peeing on that same spot if there was not that it's thing. It's like, um, do you ever watch The Wire? Do yes, you, it's like the Hamsterdam for urination. Do you remember there was that series where the guy set up an area where it was legal to do all drugs and just contain it? Oh yeah, yeah. That's like what they've done there. They've gone they just contain all the piss into these urinals. In this area. Otherwise, yeah. the whole place is going to smell of urine. <laughs> but the, so I immediately thought of that scene and that thing when you were talking about how in the UK marijuana is a thing that you do when you're a teenager and then you graduate. Yeah. To full on drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what happens. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah, the weed thing is. I think it's like such a non thing now in the it's like it's 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 not legal but you they're not trying to arrest no you. one's cops not going to do it it's like sort of it just doesn't feel like the thing yeah now is everyone seems to be boozing heavily cocaine and and uh, I think pills and all that have made a big comeback and because it's so you know dark and grungy and rainy the UK it's very much people in little sweaty bars and there's, there's not the open air 
I think marijuana actually is conducive to this open... Go outside. Yeah, it feels like a nice kind of social floaty thing. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it, Well, especially here by the beach, you know, to smoke and then go swim or lay on the sand or... Look at the ocean, yeah. It's like, it's, it feels yeah. like romantic. Whereas in the UK, I think... Yeah, even just smoking in the UK is depressing. You just have to huddle outside some cold sort of... I was really surprised at how many people smoke over there, though. They banned smoking, but that means that everybody has to smoke outside, which means that every time you go... Like, when you're in a building, there's no smoking. Yeah. But as soon as you walk out of the building, everyone is smoking. Yeah. I, I find that's what it seemed I mean, like That's there. weird, actually, because over here... There was just a fog around all... The, the density of the, you know, the city, that's yeah. central London... And then the amount of people who wanted to smoke, it just felt like you were smelling it all the time in a way that you don't hear. Maybe because we're more spread out. or I don't No, know. I don't think it's that. I think you guys are... I've seen very few people smoke mm-hmm. cigarettes. Because you, you can't obviously smoke indoors here either. No. But yeah, you're right. You don't see anyone huddled out. You see the odd person having it. It's, it's so like 90s smoking for me. It's just a bleak... In the UK, again, it's like a way of forgetting our existence. <laughs> just take the edge off the it's weather. It's just like... I. I, I don't get how you want to make it sound so... I really thought London seems just kind of vibrant and alive, but I guess when you're there all the time, the rain, it's, yeah. a, it's enough overcast and rain. Is, I, mean, I, I would give anything to be a tourist from another place coming to London. For, I'd love to be, go to London for two weeks. You can walk everywhere. It's phenomenal. But when you're there all year and it gets to... What time of year were you there? The, we were there in June, I think. Oh, well, obviously, that's the prime time. I mean, London nice. in the summer is actually one of the best places on earth, but... You get out of those summer months, you get to like November, December. Christmas is cool for like that week. And mm-hmm. When all your friends are, are not working as well, you can hang out with them. And then you've got your, just that it gets dark at 4 p.m. every day. Yeah. 4 p.m. it gets dark. And then it, because of daylight savings and the farmers, I don't know why that is. They're yeah, like, I don't know why we do it here. It's, people say it has to do with farming, but I don't understand. It's one of those things that why, people just why say. Can't, yeah, well, why can't the farmers just do it an Couple hour earlier or an hour later? Yeah, why do we all have to change our clock? That is a great, like, urban, just, like, thing. Like, ah, it's farmers. Like, no one's even asked the farmers. I mean, I could, I'm could. i sure it wouldn't be difficult. I could just Google, why is it? What is it to do with farmers? But we're saying, yeah, it's the farmers. Yeah, as I recall, it's not as easy to understand as that. Once you start reading about it, you're like, well, still, I got questions for farmers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm <laughs> Next guest, 202. Yeah. Get yeah, get a on. farmer on. So, and just grill him about <laughs> the clock. Like, what the hell? Just go like, uh, it's nice to be on at uh, 11, or if you'd have your way, 10 o'clock with you right now. Yeah, see, I've got stuff I have to do at a certain time of day, but you're a farmer. It's just plants in the sun, so you could get up. <laughs> what do you care if it's 4 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock in the morning by your watch? You've yeah. got to get up when the sun's getting up anyway. You don't have a meeting in yeah. town. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're killing me. They also go to bed really early in the countryside, so I mean, like... I think when it gets dark. Yeah. That's what they say we're supposed to be doing, to go to bed when it gets dark and get up when it gets light. I have been going to bed very early over here. I don't know why that is. I think it's because... Maybe you get up earlier here, so my wife is just... It's because, do you know what it is? We're in a pool house, so we literally have a bed... It's small. It's basically like a shed. Oh, that's right. You've got a good setup, though. You're right. It's very affordable, but it's also very affordable because, no word of a lie, it's probably about an extra 50% bigger than the room we're in right now, which is your, like, kind of office. Yeah, and I'd say this is this room is about as big as two king-size beds, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like but if you, you can had measure two the size beds. of a room in bed size, yeah. yeah. We have one king... Luckily, we only have one king-size bed in it. 
but I am. Um, I would say this: the one I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but the one thing I enjoy about living in a kind of limited lifestyle is it really makes you change your gauge on success. So before I came out to LA, I was like, "Yeah, I want to live in the hills in a mansion." Now I'm like, "I'd like to live in a place where the bedroom is big enough that I can access the bed from both sides of the bed." Yeah, that's nice. I'm climbing over my wife every night to get into bed. I, like a gentleman, took the wall side so she can get in and out quickly and go to the bathroom. Was there a conversation, or did you? Was it just assumed? That it was you, very you know? much assumed. But I'm, if I'm honest, it was one of those. I'm a nice. I'm a, you know, I'm a quite a giving person. I'm also a bit of a coward. So on the bright side, if an attacker does come in, she's first in. Line. She's on the front. She's she's, she's on, on the, the front, front line. Lines. I'm hanging out yeah. back. I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just for me though, I I've got a. I like to stay hydrated. I'm, I'm gotta, I've got to get up a couple of times. So does I do climb over her a lot, but it's her own fault because she wanted the right. So she that she just has to deal with that if you trod on her, her leg. But I trod on her leg by accident. You know, it's the nature mm-hmm. of the beast. But um, yeah, apart, I mean, it's 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 a very useful starting point for LA. Um, but it has. I can't remember how I got into this topic. It was something that we led into this with, and that was a point I was making. Anyway, I'm everything's about. a win from there. Everything is a win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to, you know. Uh, have not a toaster oven, which is what we use at the moment as our mm-hmm. main cooking, mm-hmm. which is something I've never had in my life. Normally, I can uh, normally have enough space for a toaster and an oven, but if I had to consolidate both of them. Well, we uh, we just made the move from well, just maybe it was a couple of years ago. We made the move from toaster to toaster oven. Oh right, so that's an upgrade, is it? Well, but you also have a real oven. <laughs> we also have a real yeah, oven, yeah. But the toaster warm. oven. The benefit of that over the toaster is that you can do some other things. And the toasters were... We were going through toasters. Really? <laughs> what were you doing to your toasters? I don't know. My wife, you know, when you've got another two person... Two four slice. We had the two slice, but it was a super... Actually, we had... It was one slice, but it was really wide. A one slice? And long. Oh, well, so you could get, oh, you so you could get could, two, three piece, pieces of bread in there sometimes. It's basically a three slice, but... Yeah. It's, yeah, but we had that, and we had another one before that. And the whatever the coils were in the toaster were not as durable as the as the heat element in the toaster oven the toaster oven has proved more long lived the toaster was that we were flaking out in under a year was it maybe your um technique of getting it out and flicking it up because I, I that's sort of thing that sometimes i i worry of my toaster that when i get quite because when it's a too short a piece of bread mm-hmm. and you can't i don't know whether you're a i'm not a knife in the toaster guy i don't know if i'm paranoid I know when it's off, you probably can't get burnt, but I don't like putting a, t- a knife in the toaster to get my toaster. I'd unplug it if I was going to do that. Yeah, well, I, but there's these maniacs out there that just, it's once it's off, they do that, and I just think, I don't trust these things. So yeah, well, I go for a there's heavy... fewer and fewer of those guys every day. <laughs> They're a dying breed. Yeah. It's natural selection at its greatest. I go for a heavy flick, but I do wonder if that takes punishment on the toaster. On the mechanism, yeah. Well, my wife... I. I it's funny with wives or relationships. Yeah. I'm sure it is with them too. The, there's the things that you would say to them, like maybe there's a better way to do what you're doing. Right. And then there's the other stuff where you just go, look, that's we're just going to have to buy more toasters because of that. Yeah. So she has a mechanical thing. Like when I see it, when I, when I'm sitting next to her and she's on her laptop, the, the energy that she puts into, to banging the keys down <laughs> I'm like, look, you just Not try. <laughs> it's one electronic electronic thing that's trying to touch another electronic thing. So you'd really, for the life of the machine, 
it'd be a good exercise to see how lightly you can touch it and still get it to print the letter. She lost a couple. Of, she lost a couple of letters of her keyboard before because those people always make me laugh. I don't know how you how aggressively you're pressing your letters. That the letter lost it, the or or it's like it w doesn't work and it, like that. <laughs> You can't type a T anymore. We had that happen. Really? She's yeah. really hitting it. T's one, if you're going to hit a letter, you're going to hit Well, it's the hard. most common one. That's the one that's going to go out, right? Yeah. The one that's taking the abuse. It's normally the end of a word. Christ. Just right. Bang. But like Shit. she has, it's the, when she's typing it sometimes and I'm sitting next to her reading or whatever, it sounds like, it's, it just feels like she's, like, you're not more emphatic the harder you hit the key. It doesn't yeah. matter yeah. <laughs> how hard you hit the key. But that's something that I've, I've, I've learned by making the mistake that I should not just don't say mention, anything. Just, don't just it. like, look, if we have to buy you a new laptop because of that, that's one of the things. That's the price of doing business. I had a good, um, I don't want it to be two men talking about their, their wives getting annoyed, but um, I will mention this is just a funny feedback one. I like to, yesterday... My wife is um, an amazing person, but she's very unwife-like in many, in, in a traditional sense. As in, I am, um, I, I'm, I just cook mainly. If we're going to do any cooking, well, basically, the, the people in the big house where we're staying are away for a week, so we have access to the main kitchen. So then on Monday, she just invited two of her friends round, and she was out. And she went, "Can you just cook us all the meal?" <laughs> That's twenty-four hours. But to say, "Can you?" I've just invited them. Out. Can you just cook us all the meal? And I went, "Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. That's fine." What did you make? I made a red curry, a vegan red curry with tofu. Quite nice. Not too hard to make, quite good for a few people. Uh-huh. One of her friends has loads of allergies, like, as in, she can't eat, like, loads of stuff. So she was like, she'll have rice and don't worry about her. That's what she said to me. And she comes back just before they get there, and I've, like, made most of it. I went, she went, did you get Angela or anything? I went, well, you just sort of said, don't worry about her, she'll... She went, oh, I wasn't really specific. Uh, we should... Uh, well, all right. So she was kind of annoyed about that a little bit. And then... Um, wow, so she's like the president and you're her chef, you're her executive <laughs> chef or something. In this instance, that was very much the role that was happening. Mm -hmm. And then this is when I got, I got annoyed because then her friend who's coming, who I'd met, he's a nice guy, and uh, he's a food guy, likes lots of food. So I'm thinking... I don't cook loads, but when I do, it's nice to just sort of impress people, isn't it? Go, look what I did for you. Well, you'd like it to be delicious. You don't want people to come over and then you've just opened a can of spaghetti sauce. And it, exactly. So you think, I've, you know, I've made it. I mean, he was coming a bit later, and then I made it a bit spicy. So I sort of thought, how can I make this unspicy without just putting just X, Y, and Z sugar in it? And I read you could put some peanut butter, just peanut peanut butter in it, nice way of just making it mild. Cuts it down. Cuts it down. So I... You know, she's there, I go, it's a bit spicy. She goes, it is, she tastes it's a bit spicy. I'll get some peanut butter put there in. In my head going, I should ask if this other guy has any allergies, but she hadn't mentioned them. Oh, he no. comes, you can see where this is going, Jake. He's he comes in, peanuts. one thing he's allergic to is peanuts, and literally like five minutes before that, I'd put peanut, and so I was like... And you put it in to accommodate him, to make it less spicy for I him. I mean, I, yeah, I was being a giving person, but and, and then so she goes, and he was like, I did... But he was like really cool about it, and she was like, oh, God, I forgot... So, and I was thinking, I'm annoyed because I should have asked. You know when you go, I should have asked just to double check. But then I'm going, she should. But anyway, it was fine. They were cool about it. And then I was like, you should have rice. And then there was this extra zucchini stuff in the fridge. Uh -huh. I basically made it. I thought it was going to have rice. And then Hannah goes, oh, I'm looking for some zucchini. And they go, oh, we can have that. And then Hannah goes, oh, can you just cook them that as well? Just Can you just cook them that as well? And I'm like, you know, you go, oh, it's fine. But you could easily, you could easily just fry some of that in five minutes. Do that. They're happy. The, the two guests go away after we've eaten. And Hannah goes, are you, 
he annoyed me a bit, and I'm like, you know, when you go, it's fine, but you go feel. I felt like an arsehole for messing up his food because it, even though it was not really anyone's, I just felt like an arsehole. So she went, just be honest with me, be honest with me. Are you a bit annoyed? I go, I'm a bit annoyed, but I also, you know, I know it's a bit silly. And then she got furious that I admitted to being annoyed at. <laughs> Oh, that was the ultimate trap. That's not okay. I don't think that's okay. She kept prodding me to go. She goes, You are. Because I was like, No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, you know, on a human level, it's just annoying, isn't it? On a human level to have that all go a bit tits up. Well, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things about this story that I'm ready to weigh in on. (laughs) Mate, jump in. I mean, a lot of your listeners have probably sapped out because that was very tedious and that was such a personal, boring spouse-based argument conversation. There's a lot of people struggling with relationships with other human beings out there. Is okay, how I'd, well, I'd I, have hope, to, I hope I'd they have really enjoyed that and but, relate uh, to it. Yeah, yeah. wade in, wade in. Right I now. feel like in interpersonal relationships like that, it's the communication is the hardest thing. So the last thing that you mentioned is the first foul. It's like, look, if we were trying to get along, if I'm not telling you that I'm annoyed and you want me to not be annoyed, then don't ask if I'm annoyed just because I'm doing a bad job of hiding it because I'm trying to I'm trying to shield you from that. But yeah. then when, I, when you bait me to say it and then get mad at me, <laughs> yeah, now you've trained me to do the exact opposite thing oh, because no. what I'm trying to do is get better at hiding my true feelings from you yeah. and, uh, and you're not reinforcing that. That's really good. I wish you'd been right there and said all that. I would have, you would have just smacked. That would have been... That would have been over straight because out. because you were doing what she wanted originally, which is which is not letting her know that you were a little bit annoyed. Yeah, and then but the the other thing is with people coming over for dinner. I feel like yes, you've got to tell me if you've got dietary restrictions first of all. But if it's vegan, if you're vegan, that's one thing. But if someone else is vegan, then it's then it's like well, look, I don't know how to make vegan dinners, so it's going to be not so good when you come over because mm-hmm. this is going to be my first shot at making something. Oh yeah, but they, they were very like. cool. They like the, the girl who was very allergic was like, "Don't worry about me." Like, as in, I do the same. Like, I just don't worry. It's, I'm not going to put that pressure on you. So that they were cool, but they were both allergic. So this was basically you could have just made a nice dinner for your wife and let them bring. I their mean, own basically, food. what happened was I made two people watch me and my wife eat dinner. <laughs> It's just, they, it was like it was like they got given a, a much worse version of what we were having in the end, and they were they were completely cool about it. And they didn't care, but you know you felt like, and even I was like they don't care, so I shouldn't care. But I just felt like a weird sense of like when you start cooking, no matter how chilled you are, start taking a bit of pride in it. Mm-hmm. So I had my pride dented by the fact that I'd, and also going, I don't normally put peanut butter in that. So that was like an anomaly of a situation. That seemed were, like a well, when you were telling the story. That was like a that was a part of the story that was chefy, and I didn't really understand. It's like this is a chef trick of putting peanut butter. I in have because actually used it before, and it has it is good. And a little pad to take thai. the spice down, yeah, pad thai. Like well, you can use it in pad thai because that's already got a little bit of well, nut flavor. You're supposed in to it. put peanuts on it, but if you don't have peanuts, then you want you want to grind them down, just put a bit of peanut butter in it. But also, I think I've done that with a couple of other things. A bit of peanut butter and a sauce just gives it a nice thickness. Mm-hmm. And takes the uh, the kick out of it, but um, no, it was all fine. But it was just it's just such a funny, like I find it so funny when my wife is. I just find it funny when she's angry because it just she's the most sweet, beautiful, lovely person we get on so well most of the time. Then suddenly to just get angry at the person, it just makes me. It's such a paradoxical thing, isn't it? To just be shouting at someone for like being it's, annoyed at something. Well, it's. I feel like it, that's one of the challenges that we're. 
in, in, in my marriage, we're trying to just take it a little bit easier on each other, right? You know, it's like, look, you are the person that I love the most, and I'm the person that you love the most. So it, we don't need the spurs and the whip and the riding crop. And, the, you know, I'm already trying my best to anticipate what you want and then do that. So if I make a mistake, you don't have to yell at me. Yeah. Because it's, I, I, did, I didn't do, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just an accident. I'm with you on that. It's the, it's the getting annoyed at the mistake. So then, in, ironically, I mean, me being annoyed that she'd mistakenly forget to tell me is slightly hypocritical because I do often go like, I wasn't trying to be an arsehole. I just accidentally was an arsehole in that situation. So, Well, if, uh, yeah, well, now to go back, now to really go forensic and... Get uh, forensic, mate. Yeah, Put on those overalls. I think <laughs> to just go back to the original part of this, the, the premise is, uh, I, I'm your wife, I'm inviting over two of my friends and just assuming that you're going to make them dinner. Yeah, that was a funny... That was a one that I just went with, but you go like, you know when you want to go, if I just... Just a mat... A mat let alone the patriarchal guilt of um, that being swapped round and me being like, I'm invited to you, mate. You're cooking, love. That <laughs> yeah, well, no, you can't. I don't think you can do that. You can't. But, yeah, I don't know what I would do exactly in that situation. I might just say out loud, this is what's... So So you're inviting your, your friends over and, and I'm going to make them dinner. That's what's, that's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Um, what, and what... What kind of a menu? Do you have a menu that you'd like? I mean, yeah, yeah, is well, there a grocery list, or do you just want to tell me what we're eating, and then I'll go and figure out how to make it? Yeah, there was, there was no, there was just. Can you just sort that? Out? Okay, um, you have just uh, touched on a thing that I think is very amusing in relationships. My friend Matt um, uh, made me realize I do, and he does. Is obviously communication is such an important, one of the most important things in a relationship. How you yeah. communicate, and um, a really good one that uh, I've noticed that he does and I do is when you have some guests you can't just un, you know it's just, I don't know what age it is as a grown up you can't just have guests in your house without sort of running it past the person you live with you can't just they can't just come home and there would be like five of your friends in the house because that's just I don't know that's just like against the rule that's just, there's no rule list but that would be just bizarre to not know about that there can be I, I feel like you can have an accidental spontaneous there has to be a story then afterwards like how come these five people are here you didn't you didn't invite them over it's like no no I went down to the store and then I saw Steve and I said come over and then his wife was picking up their blah 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 yeah. and so, you know so if you've got a plausible story of how it spontaneously happened such a good happened, story for five people five's a lot for my five's Matt, a lot. When, um, the one is uh, a few of us had to stay at his before getting a really early flight to the or bus to the airport the next day. And he'd gone, oh, yeah, guys, yeah, he comes to that mine. And then he did that thing where the next day he realised he hadn't run it past his wife. So he went, uh, "Can hey, just checking, um, before I invite my friends around, can they all come and stay at ours on this day? Mm. That is a classic. If, if she got to check his working out on that, he would get an E. He'd fail that because you go... I just want to just you. You suddenly agree to placate your friends who you also like, and then you go fuck. I haven't done that, so you have to. But he was asking her as if he hadn't asked yeah, yeah, them that's, already. That's the one. It's where you go. You ask if you haven't asked, um, assuming she's going to go yes. But there's an embarrassing moment if she goes, "That's not cool," and you just have to go. Oh, yeah, then after this, you're in a web of deceit that you have to lie. Well, then you have to go back to the first people and you say, look, I committed, or or you, or do you just say to your, or do you just say to your wife, look, I, I was trying to be nice and ask you, but I really, you're not. That, that's the hard one to do. Because my wife will do the opposite thing sometimes. She'll ask me what of two options I would prefer, 
And then once I tell her, then she'll reveal that she really wants the other one and start making a case for it. <laughs> and then, I, and my thing with that is like, look, I don't really care which of these two things we're going to do, but now you put me in a situation where I feel as though I made a choice and I was not allowed to make a choice. It would be much better if I get to be the hero and just you, I say to you, you decide and then we'll do what you want, as opposed to, no, I decide, but I get overruled. That yeah, feels yeah, bad, yeah. but she, she'll do that sometimes. That's one of the ones that I've said, please don't ask me. If you've got one that you really want, don't ask me yeah. just betting that I'll pick the right answer. <laughs> is it? Is it, do you reckon it's a test to go like, oh, we're so similar? And then nine out of ten times, guess we're not as similar as I thought we were going to be. <laughs> no, I think in her mind, she wants me to feel like I have control, but she doesn't, but she still wants me to do what she wants me to do. <laughs> so in her mind, she thinks, uh, oh, oh, oh I'm doing him a favor because if he chooses the same thing as me, he'll feel like that was his choice and that'll feel good to him. And my good. thing is like, if, if I don't really have the choice, then just tell me because most of the time I, I, I'd rather just, I'd rather that be my quality. My quality is that I let you, I'm, I'm just, just a really idea. accommodating guy. Yeah. That's, that's and I can have five people over during the day when she's gone. Oh, I can do what I want. Five people can come over as long as they're gone and I've cleaned up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the rule. That is still funny when it's like you're a grown-up. You, you don't have to answer this if it's too personal, but have you ever, because I'll tell you why, we did um, one session of marriage counselling. I don't know if you've ever done it, but I actually really recommend it. We did mm. it um, because we got married in the Catholic Church. Uh, Han Hannah's family's Catholic and I'm, I just think, you know, the windows look cool, so let's do that. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, e like, I'm accommodating. I don't, if someone sure. believes in a thing and her mum's from the Philippines and it means a lot and she actually's baptised and I'm just, you know, I've got atheist mates who are vehemently go, oh, I couldn't do it. I, I go, who gives a shit, really? Just, you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a it's nice... It's important to them. It's I mean, if it's as really long as they don't make... and I'm chilled, then, yeah. then it's got to go with the important one, yeah? As long as you don't have to kill a chicken or something <laughs> like that. I mean, oh yeah, that weird form of Christianity. Oh, that was a weird. That's what. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Catholicism. We had to kill a chicken yeah. and have marriage counselling. Yeah, all right. That was a, that was part of the marriage counselling. Actually, can you can you slaughter this chicken and who who does the neck and who does the heart? Um, no. So part of it was if you do it depending on how um, uh, sort of into the faith the Catholic sect you're doing it with are, you have to do. Um, my friend and his wife are both actually Catholic. They did a class where they had a whole day of learning about marriage as a Catholic and being Catholic. And so it was an interesting array of very Catholic couples who, like, some people probably know sex before marriage. Um, some people like them probably, you know, one person helping the other one out. But due to scheduling or scheduling, I can't remember how you guys say it and how we say we it. We say scheduling, I think. I but I think, I think we're sophisticated enough here. I think in we can States work out we, what I'm saying. We've then. got that we one, don't yeah. need to translate. Got, I, had to I had to fix the high street thing, but <laughs> I think you're okay on <laughs> think, scheduling, yeah. Just let, you know, let it go. Um, we couldn't do any of them, so we got instead an hour... We had to fill in a questionnaire, like a, like a, a sort of set question about each other, like multiple choice about... Um, how we feel about each other and all this like does it annoy you when your partner does this is there anything do you believe your partner do you love your partner's job choices and does she support you and then we'd go and see a, a priest who mm -hmm. was also a marriage counsellor for an hour it was amazing firstly on the way there we'd had a massive argument um, about I can't remember what it was about like literally arguing in the car till we went in there 
We don't argue as much as I'm making it sound, by the way, but we had a big what, argument. Was it about the multiple choice answers? No, 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 because no, we didn't know what we'd written. Um, this is what you're describing now is used to be a kind of a game show here in the United States called the Newlywed Game. Oh, really? I don't know if you ever. No, they, I haven't seen it. They, the host, they'd have three couples, and, and the premise of the game was whoever knows the other, their, their new spouse the best, is going to win a washer dryer or whatever. You know, a pr- prize that they'd said that they want to, for their new home. Either it's a wa- and it was always be a washing machine or a dishwasher or a king size bedroom yeah. set or something like that. But they would they would invite uh, they would the husbands would go to a soundproof booth and the host would ask the wives questions like what's his favorite or if he has a Saturday free what's he going to do or what's the favorite room in the house where you would their phrase was make whoopee you know okay, yeah. and then and then the, and then the the spouse would come in and then they'd so give their... What's your favourite room to do that? Like, in the, in the house. bedroom is often... Well, right. But they, maniacs they, are choosing in their own house. The they are newlyweds. And, yeah, 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 but still... I mean, sorry, continue. Yeah. Well, that was just an example yeah, of the yeah, question. Yeah, no, but I was just... I was more like, <laughs> and maybe it would be... Maybe then the question... Would, you're right. So maybe the question would be other than the bedroom. Oh, okay. I'm know? with you. That makes more sense. So... Uh, so then they'd invite the other spouse out and then they'd ask them the questions right. and they would answer in front of the audience who's already seen the first answer and then the woman would flip over the bride, flip over the answer and then they'd do it the other way around. And so, so it's very similar to what the Catholic Church is putting you through. Yeah. <laughs> we actually won a washer-dryer at the end of it. Did so, you? Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. <laughs> we got married in the Catholic Church we got a free washer-dryer. And yeah. uh, it's because our favorite room to have sex in was there. And what was, was the, the couples counselling like? I'm sorry because I no, that, was, that was a little side note. No, no, so. no, no. I think that was a. I, mate, you know, I love I'm, I love a tangent more than anyone. Um, so we, it was really good. We had it, and so we, he gave us the results and said, actually, we're very, we scored very highly. We're very like well matched. There's a couple of little things we'd we'd brought up in it, like about. I can't remember what it was like. I think our mind was something. I I like I like it when she has her own uh, hobbies and friends, and sometimes I feel like she puts too much on just doing stuff with me uh, and then we got to speak about it in the open with him kind of it was nice to bring them up without feeling like you're being judged and then I interestingly that's one of the common he then gave us a, a diagram it looked like it was like from the 50s or something it was this weird speech bubble and like there was the ground and underneath the like different levels of the ground relating to the man and the woman and it was really interesting how common a lot of these gripes are Men, men's gripes with women and women's with men's and the most common ones he said were women's uh, main problem with men is, is their lack, uh, lack of ability to communicate and that sort of thing and the man's one was uh, feeling like the woman wants him to uh, be better like not, not being good enough not, and that's it, lack of acceptance, that's it Mm-hmm. Not being accepted was the man's problem with what the woman had and the woman's was the communication with the man and those are apparently the most common ones, which I'm sure your male and female listeners who are in relationships will be like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think, do you find that to be... It's not a case? lack of... Um, no, uh, lack of acceptance is... Maybe it's not the right term, but there's a... Uh, I'm trying to think. It's like, you know, like you said, when you make a mistake, if she makes a mistake, okay, generally apart from old nutgate last night okay you made a mistake mm-hmm. but i find sometimes like you said you make a mistake and then they'll be oh, come on really you always do that and you think um, you know it doesn't mean to well the other thing is you've got to accept i think that you're dealing with another person i mean no matter how great you get along with your best friend your best comedian friend carl yeah 
um, I don't know if he was, is your best he comedian. He is my best comedian yeah. friend. I'm glad that you were able to say that out I loud here because he may be listening to this. And yeah, I'll send gonna, him the link. That's going to make him feel better. Um, but no matter how, how well you get along with, with that person in your life, men or women, whatever your, you, your best other than your spouse friend is, if you had to spend all the time with all that you do with them that you do with your spouse and eat meals and provide save money for the future all those other things that you do you would you would have conflict like oh, some of sometimes i think my wife holds us to it like she'll be saying look we we we've got to be nicer to each other or maybe we need to and i said look i'm really working on that first of all but second of all no matter the dalai lama and the pope would eventually have some conflict. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Yeah, it'd be, it's, that's a good t- sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, get this pitch down. Yeah, I don't Edit know. it out, pitch it to a channel, Pope versus, Pope versus Dalai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a cave or in the Vatican. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, it's almost a hack premise, but the idea that the, that the Catholic priest is giving you marriage advice... I mean, true, he's probably observed a lot of marriages. That's, that's very true, actually. But how many has he participated in? I think he was married, actually. He can be, can he be, he can be married as a Catholic priest? Priest? No, not if you're Catholic. Church of England, you can. I'm pretty sure. Maybe he wasn't. We were in his house, and I just assumed he had a wife. But that his wife was in there? No, I don't I mean, think so. Maybe he'd be a terrible Catholic. Maybe your wife isn't even Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this could there be was, a... There was a picture of Jesus in the building. and you've that's, got all a, you've, that, you've... <laughs> that's all I really paid attention to. It was... Uh, no, that's... Uh, sorry, yeah, we cut you off. I cut you off there, and you were saying... Oh, yeah, of course there's going to be conflict in a... I think people get to... If it's all the time, and there's no... If, I think it's when it's outweighing the good times, that's probably when it's... Well... I think a big part of marriage relationship that way that is how you resolve that. How do you discuss it? What do you do when one person is feeling put upon? I, I was going to say that's that with my wife and I, one of the big things is one of us or the other one doesn't feel like they're being appreciated. You know, not that you're keeping score on everything you do, but it's like, oh, look, I made dinner for your two friends who came over. And, yes. uh, and then now you're asking me to do that again. I, I, I don't see the gratitude in terms of like when when not that there has to always be a payback yes. this for that but sometimes you feel like oh look I you, you didn't say thank you for that or you didn't you didn't do something that makes me feel like you appreciate what I'm doing that's an interesting one I got told by someone recently who'd read Men Are From Mars Women Are From Venus he actually read it because he's he's recently married and I think he was he read it and was like oh my god as if so true he said interesting thing is is it guys do this? Or the thing I can kind of relate to is you can't keep point scores of what you've done. So I couldn't be like each day, you know, like try and be nice to each other, but you can't put extra value. So I can't be like if today she fills up a water bottle for me that I can, I would put next to my side of the bed. If there was a side next to my bed, I could put it mm-hmm. on yeah. a shelf behind yeah. my bed. Uh, I can't be like, well, I get 5,000 points for yesterday's meal and you get 10 points for that. I think it just has to be a nice gesture is a nice gesture, and you can't... Yeah, well, it's more of a it's more of a, an ongoing feeling, yeah, and yeah. you want to kind of try as much as you can to not think of it like that. If but we had it, a leaderboard, I would be smashing it, mate. I'd be top of the table. <laughs> well, I, th- I think both people want it, it... I think for it to work really well, both people want to feel like they're trying hard to win in terms of being the nicest to the other person. 
Yes. If, if, if you're both trying to do another nice thing for them and not concerned about what you're getting in return, then it's all going to work out fine. Yes. It's when it, it's how do you handle when it feels, when it feels like something's out of kilter, when you, when you're into that conflict zone, how do you bring it up and, and what do you do? Uh, for example, do you say, I think that you're mad at me and then get them to admit it and then light them up as soon as they say, because that's what happened to you. Yeah, that did happen. I'm having a go at your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I appreciate my yeah, bros backing each other. Yeah, because we're new friends, and I feel like that's yeah, what we yeah. that's American. You know, yeah. I don't know if you saw The Sopranos, but when someone screws with one of us, yeah, they got to deal with all of us. Oh, you know, I don't know what we're going to have to do to my wife now. She's going to end up in the back. Oh, of the this trunk. is it. This is as far as I She's think we should go. Old, um, yeah. What's her face? What was the the uh, Christopher's girlfriend? I was really. I don't want to spoil. Oh her. yeah, that was tough. Well, I don't think you can spoil. You her can't something spoil something that's over ten old. years old. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, but that's that's very interesting. That well, I'll tell you what, I was just thinking while we were to- while we've been talking, you know, a thing that could happen is we could get together for a meal. That'd be good. Yeah, I would like that. I don't, as, a, as a double date. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. That. Not That'd you nice. and I and our um, and our wives. What I'll do is I'll if you give me 24 hours notice, I'll tell my wife, Jake and his wife are coming over, cook us something tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, and see what how she reacts to that. That would be great. Well, we're not allergic to anything, so that's good. But I was thinking, I was thinking the opposite is you could come over here and I could make something that I know your wife is allergic to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she hates cheese. Yeah, Just really? Like, yeah, is I that mean, true? Weirdly, um, so due to my things, I don't eat cheese. But uh, are you? Are you? So you're vegan? I'm. Carl Donnelly, my best friend in comedy, is a full vegan, doesn't wear leather. And is, I try to be vegan, but occasionally, slightly. I mean, it's annoying that you, you have to give it a label, because then people go, you're not a vegan, why are you saying a vegan? I'm trying to be pretty vegan, and occasionally something has some stuff in it. Well, there's a bit of egg in something, and I just... I'd like Roll to, with it. Because who are we making these rules for? I'm trying to be a better person for the world, as much as I can be, and I'm going to... If I, if I put myself in this strict bracket all the time, I'm just going to, I'm going to disappoint myself. Well, the rea- reality is a gray area, right? I mean, yes, I would say if, if you've got a physical allerg- allergy to something, I mean, I'm not a, but, I, but if for environmental reasons, if that's why you're doing it, you know, my wife is a big environmentalist. Great. And so we're trying to eat less meat. That's good. So that's, that's you, know, you know, that's, they that's, have the meatless Monday thing, which is no, we're not systematic in that way about it but we eat much less meat than we used to but i feel like yeah and and when you get to that intensity of the philosophical depths of veganism where you can't eat anywhere unless you're at home that gets complicated no yeah exactly so i just i can't i can't put that on myself but she she, pre me having this diet we both bonded over the fact we both don't like cheese just just don't like it Mm. Which cheese lovers cannot understand. Yeah, well, I've now. No, you're the right more, now thinking the more of we asking talk, me to leave. <laughs> no, I, but I'm thinking you're maybe, the maybe we should try. We should go to a restaurant first, <laughs> yeah. where we can where we can both be sure that we're going to be able to be happy. Yes, because uh, I'm I'm just I'm seeing mistakes that we could make. Because one of the things my wife's go to move if people are coming over. Is break out the cheese. Just break. Well, you can break out, the, but that's fine as long, as long as that's not the only. It's not. It's not just a cheese board for the whole meal. We're so clueless. Like what? When we, if we had to think, hummus. There you go. There's I no just thought of it. Right. So you come over. We get out the cheese and crackers. Get some hummus out. That as long as there's no chicken or beef in the crackers, we're set. <laughs> beef crackers. Yeah, I don't. I think mean, it is America, mate. You guys put 
Where, where was I the other day? Two weird food items. I'm sorry to always do Americans like this, Britons like this, but this isn't common for America, but with the cheese thing, at the improv, ordered some veg, vegetable tacos, told the guy I was vegan to just mm-hmm. make it easier. There was just secret cheese crumbled on top of it. There was just cheese on it. Unmentioned on the menu cheese. Yeah. For me, you've got to... By all means, put cheese in or something. But you've got to mention... You can't just assume that people... Everyone's going to be down with cheese. Well, and when you and say today, vegan to someone in California, you'd like to think that they know what the hell you're talking about. He was an older dude. He kind of was like... You know, most people here are so like, yeah, man, that's cool. But he just kind of looked like... I like to just serve beer at the bar. Well, you've got an accent. He thought, oh, you're vegan. That's like being... You know, Venezuelan. Or, you know, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, he's from that part of the UK. Vegan, veganville. Yeah. He's from veganville. All right, okay, cool. And the other one, this was, but this is bizarre by anyone's standards. Was in um, little uh, Tokyo town, little Tokyo in downtown. Sure. Yeah. Went to a bar, ordered some cashews, and inside the cashews they had um, uh, dried fish heads. <laughs> like what? tiny, tiny dried fish heads, unmentioned as well. No. Inside of cashew, like, there was like a bowl of cashew nuts. Spice. It was a. It was an Asian spice nut mix. And they put they put the and actual little tiny, tiny fish bits, tiny in there. fish fish bits and fish like fish head with eye, like very tiny. It's still very tiny, but it was still. Are there eyes in this? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you don't even think. So I didn't that. see on the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there seems to be I'm little faces <laughs> in these nuts. <laughs> if there's a face, you've got to mention the face. Yeah, fair. You can't secretly That's, sneak yeah. a face in there, assuming everyone's down with fish faces. Yeah, no, you're right. But that, that's not, I'm not saying whatever in America does it. That was a specific. That's an ethnicity of food. That is an ethnicity. There was, there was. You I know, mean, once you go, once you're dealing with the cuisine of other countries, I don't think you can blame America for. I mean, we're a melting pot, but we can't take responsibility for no, everybody else's cuisine who comes you, here. That's why the ban's happening, mate, to stop. To stop fish heads. <laughs> I don't think that. It, I, you know, that's. Oh. Maybe Trump went in there. He was like, right, this is it. This is it. There's no way I'm getting. <laughs> he said, this I is can't it. take this. Faces in these nuts. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That would make, that would make more... back me up on this. Yeah. This is out of hand. <laughs> that would make more sense than a lot of the reasoning behind a lot of his policies. Oh, well, that's another. That's a well. That's a good way. Let's let's bring it around. So because. We're getting to the time of I've got a you've got a we've got other things, but I wanted to ask you about uh, and then and then have you on again if you're around. How so? Talk about talk about Why what's, here. what's brought you to America. So um, my wife is an actor and she has a manager out here. Who kept saying, "You got to come over, be here for six months." And I, I, I kept that was in, an American accent you were doing. Thanks, man. Right? I, I've, I've I mean, you did it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've got a, I've got a casting in about an hour and a half where I don't think they'll ask me to do the accent, but I have to be ready to do it. But uh, it's just some dumb advert casting. But anyway, to do the American accent. Well, I'd just be ready in case they go. Hey, man, can you do it? And I'm like, yeah. But then, it's uh, when I'm not self-conscious about it, I can kind of do it. But it's, uh, it's more when I'm overthinking it. Well, my wife's advice, I'm pretty sure she's not here right now, would be to come in without. With with your American accent, and then do yourself afterwards, because if you do the American accent later, they they'll know, it, they'll they'll know, know that you're doing it. That's interesting. I've heard mixed things. I've heard the other, I've heard people where they want to know what you really like and then what you can do. But also, I don't think there's any lines in this. I think it's just no lines. I think it's I think the advert is me shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just avoid the fish heads and the cheese. That's what I, if I want to be my authentic. Yeah, yeah. Self, there you go. There so. You go. Um, 
came here. I came here two and a half, like beginning of twenty fifteen, for like a couple of weeks. Did a couple of shows. Really liked. Just really liked the city and the the vibe. I like the outdoorsiness of it. I like the weather. I like the healthiness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I want to make it. And then so we thought we're going to come over. I've got to go back to the UK to do Edinburgh Festival. But otherwise, I have a visa. And um, was that hard to get? It was. Uh, it, it's a lot of admin involved, so it takes a few months. You got to get people to write letters saying you're amazing, literally like that level of talking up. And and that uh, they from the industry. And you've got work. Uh, yeah, and I had some work lined up, and uh, all things comedy actually. Our podcast fathers who we yes. are, are on, um, they they were part of the, that actually. They help with that a lot. Um, because I'm over here. Are you getting paid by them? I'm not. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> it's uh, you know this future. Well, it can it can end up with the podcast. You know what it's like if you get to a level. It can be. And there's a lot right. of shows you can do. Right. Um, sure. So yeah, uh, and and yeah. So we we wanted to give it in, like a th- kind of three year. Do you know we've been in, I've been in London all my life pretty much till yeah. thirty. It's a good age to do that. Forty, I'll buy a motorbike. You know, let's keep it. Mm. Yeah, I'd say that's about that's about right. I I was in there somewhere. I rode a motorcycle. For, I had a ten year period where I I had motorcycles. Oh really? I, don't, I mean, I don't. I think I'm too scared to actually ride a motorbike. But I would uh, maybe one of those scooters that has three wheels. You know, the ones that have two at the front and one at the back. Uh, okay. I think you'd be happier with two wheels. I, I think more because oh, you can do more maneuvering. You're a little more maneuverable, and 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 I'd go. But I think your instinct of going smaller. But I'd get a motorcycle. But I'd get a smaller one. Right. And then, uh, because then you can flick around. It's all about being able to get out of situations. That's why I got off. I felt like I'd look. I'd I'd been in the casino for ten years, and I walked out with all my money. Yeah, you know, you never got one accident in ten years. No, the stat you hear is every person on the motorbike has an accident, and that means that is now a lie that I've been spreading like it's. Well, that's what they say. There's two kinds of motorcyclists: guys who've been down and guys who haven't been down yet. I mean, falling down. To me, I'm not. In certain things in life, I'm not a risk taker, and that's one I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need that stress. I'll do something. I'll just have an affair. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's the other thing you can do when you're 40, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. I don't think I'll do that. I mean, you see how much trouble I got in for the old uh, fuck up. The yeah, wrong you made the, the you put nuts in the dinner. So yeah, if you, if you had sex with another lady, <laughs> that'd be big trouble. Or a man, Jesus, a man. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> I put nuts in a man. <laughs> So, come on oh, is, is it too no. late for a pun no it's, it's no it's not too late it's not too late not only was that a pun though it was like a ridiculous like how like the, to work it to work it out like if i said okay you said it now you have to do it how would you do it you'd, you'd have to put your nuts in his mouth right i mean that's the only way i can imagine it can you get your nuts in a man's butt i don't think he can do it and I don't want to know, people listening. I don't want like to know. A weird, like you call it, like the squirrel or something weird. to be like some weird sexual maneuver. The squirrel has me your nuts and it goes, but it's fine. He stores them for the winter. Oh good. my god! It's got to be. There's so many ways you could hurt yourself doing that. I mean, right? <laughs> Sorry. It's such a high level of trust. Kind oh of, my god! You'd have to. Re- you'd have to hope they don't get scared and just really clamp them in there. They'd have to be very relaxed for the whole thing. Yeah, in that scenario. In that scenario. I think 
Sorry. I think you'd rather be the nut than the or the butt than the nut, wouldn't you? Because you'd rather the, be the butt than the nut in that one. In that one, so it's so very seldom in 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 sex that you'd rather be the butt than the nut. So, in that I one. think we found the one cheat code to being the butt. If, someone, if you're in prison and someone makes you your bitch, you go, "I'm happily be a bitch." But um, I'm exclusively a nuts and butt bitch. That's my. So if you're if you're down with, I mean, who's <laughs> getting off on that though? No, <laughs> the squirrel. The squirrel. <laughs> Sorry, that's really hit me. That that shows my my. As much as I talked a lot about marriage and relationships in kind of serious way. Yeah, it's nice it. that we got around to it. It's nice that we got around to it. So. Um, Talk about talk about how so people are listening to this. Then they say, "Oh, Chris Martin, not yeah, the guy from not Coldplay. the guy from Coldplay." Um, been in the Philippines recently. That guy. I've got a lot of tweets from Filipinos. Oh, because they think you. They, yeah, a I got of a like mix-up. a verified tick on Twitter, and it's all it's caused is me to have two thousand Indian people following me because they thought I was in Coldplay, and then subsequently I, I changed my profile photo to have them saying "not in Coldplay." And then Indian people found that funny, and then now that's gone. So now I'm followed by Indians that think it's funny that my name's Chris Martin. And then two days ago, I think he was in Manila, and I had. But even just to have a lot of followers, just take it. Take, take it, it for mate. a win. I take pity if I followers. could get a thousand, yeah, pity followers. I'm all about the pity follow. I'm all about all the about Filipino stats. fans. My wife's Filipino. I've been, you know, maybe I could put on an impromptu gig out there, see the family kill two birds. So what is your Twitter handle? Chris M Comedy. Again, you'd think that that Because you're trying to... Because I'm trying to not be in Coldplay. You'd oh, think this that, is Chris Martin from Coldplay's comedy Twitter. Yeah, I mean, this is... Yeah. People don't pay attention to that on the internet. So Chris M Comedy and um, the podcast I do with Carl, which has uh, is, is not too dissimilar from this in terms of we could be talking about the sanctity of marriage and we could also be talking about the squirrel you never know yeah, yeah. you've got to leave things open you've got to leave things and open and what's it called is, <laughs> which I thought you were going to say you have to leave things open which is what you say to someone whilst doing the squirrel um, it's called the Carl Donnelly and Chris Martin comedy podcast because we named it ages ago before we realised you should have like a catchy name mm-hmm. so we just made it a really long title and put both our names in it right full names just put Carl Donnelly and Chris Martin into any kind of computer Any machine and it's going to come up. And it should hopefully not find Coldplay. It should find the podcast. Yeah. And then is there a website where people can find out your comedy gigs? Or do you have any yeah, comedy gigs in the States I, I do. Up? I'm actually doing, I'm doing Flappers tomorrow night. And I'm doing, uh, but you, this might This won't come out until next week. This will be. I've got, I'm actually doing some shows in Salt Lake City where I'm featuring for uh, Burt Kreischer. Oh, great. It'd be fun to do. Um, oh, I'd love to. I mean, Bert's great. Yeah, and great. to see you guys both together, that would be awesome. That'd be fun, actually. So that's in Salt Lake City when this comes out, I guess, that weekend, uh, 13th to the 15th. Um, and then I'm back off to New Zealand for a month and I'm back. And then, yeah, Chris, chrismartincomedy.co.uk. Okay. They can find it. Chris Martin Comedy on the internet. Put that in. Although there's some, there's some really old guy who's like an open micer called Chris Martin. And he got, I just went to do a gig at the Ice House and the listing, it listed all him, it was all his listing. This old, like a, like an old bearded guy who I think did comedy and maybe doesn't do comedy anymore. Hmm. Weird. There you go. Basically, I should have changed my name is the moral of the story, but it's too late. I'm too far in now. Well, you would have already been a grown-up getting busy doing your own thing before Chris Martin became super famous. I mean, he was famous when I started, but... I 
I just didn't like the sound of. I mean, I have a joke. It's about hard to give up your name. I thought I'd put my middle name in because Chris John Martin, and then I stopped after five gigs, uh, not because I thought it sounded pretentious, because uh, his middle name is also John, so that's one of his middle names. Oh, CJ. CJ. CJ sounds too American for me. Yeah. CJ Martin, Louis CK. You know what I mean? That's kind of CJ. Yeah. Well, Louis's name is actually not. It's pronounced CK, and now it it, it is CK, but his last name is some. Crazy Polish name, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I don't know if you've ever heard that story, but it's a good story. I didn't know the story. Why did he? He had a he had a gym coach who would always say his name wrong, and it was very upsetting to Louis. And and Louis thought the guy was doing it on purpose to screw with him. And then he Louis explained how to actually say it, and the coach was like, "Oh, I'll fix that." And he just put the letter CK on his jersey, and from then on, everybody said his name right, and it was like this genius solution from this wow. guy who. And I hope I'm I hope I'm not misremembering this story because it's Louis' story, it's not mine. But uh, it was just a it was a real great story about asserting yourself, telling telling someone what your problem is, articulating it, even even if it's someone who you think is going to be unsympathetic, and then having it ter- that per- person turn out to be surprisingly the person that solves this problem for you for the rest of your life. That's great. Yeah. And it's a great, it's a great, it's a great name. No one doesn't, no one's forgetting that name. Louis C.K. Well, he's also super talented, so he's, he's got also, that going for him. I watched his special this morning, and it is fantastic. I mean, I don't know why I need to plug his <laughs> the suit and tie. I wonder, wonder why he's wearing the suit. Oh and tie. my god, it's yeah. I know it's just I. He's so good. There's some stuff in it that me and Carl are actually WhatsApping about it today, and he talks about Magic Mike, the film, for like yeah. ten minutes, and. I have half written a routine about how much I love it, and Carl also has a story about when me and him hosted a weird... We love that film, and we put on a weird evening where we hosted Magic Mike, and it was, I don't know why we did it. We've, and then some, like, loads of women came to watch Magic Mike, and then these two guys didn't know were, like, introducing Magic Mike, like, we were the directors of it, and uh, he said he did it on Monday, and then he saw this, and we were like, oh, the Magic Mike... It, it, He's done. He's. Who you think? I'm pretty. Ins- I'm pretty original talking about Magic Mike. On, so it's not like I'm talking about men and women. You think? Yeah. And then he does like a ten minute routine on it, but it's great. So you can't begrudge him that. All right. Well, good. I'm glad that we were able to plug Louis. But yeah, <laughs> he needs it. Happy to help, Louis. Happy to help. Uh, You're welcome. I'll see you for your for my vegan curry. Um, all right. So I think I like to end with a high five. Oh, let's do Can that. Can you man. manage? Thanks, buddy. That was, All a, right. that was real fun. Was awesome, real fun. yeah, it was a good time. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. That's the thing that I say. And then, and then I play this. Yeah.